Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. This is the topic today. Today we're going to be talking about kingdom economics. Kingdom economics. It's a very misunderstood principle when people don't realize, just like the United States, just like any of the nations around the earth, they have an economy. And there are certain things you have to do to tap into that economy. And even in Victoria, Victoria County, we have an economic system. In Texas, we have an economic system. And we tie into that by paying taxes. And then there are privileges that come to us and things that the city provides and things that happen for us to live a better life. And, and it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on, the donkey side or the, or the elephant side. We're, we're on neither. We're on the lamb side. And we believe that in the kingdom of God, that the lamb actually has a mindset, uh, principles and things that are there because the reality of it is no matter where you live, if you are a child of God and have been born again, then you are a citizen of God's kingdom. Say, I am a citizen of God's kingdom. And if you're going to be a citizen of God's kingdom, your flesh is temporary, but what's inside of you is eternal. And that's the reality. So, you have to understand how to live within the means of this culture and how the economy works. And because of that reason of lack of knowledge, many people are defeated financially. But this principle applies to any practical principle concerning the character, the love of God, the fruits of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. But today we're going to be specifically talking about the economy and we're going to be talking about the provision of God and the prosperity of God from a kingdom perspective. Are you ready to learn this today? How many of you want to learn today? Get insight, understanding, revelation. Will you stand to your feet and let's read this scripture together. Philippians chapter 4 verse 12 says this in the NLT. If you have your Bible, go ahead and turn there your phones or whatever you have, iPads. Uh, if not, look on the screen. In the NLT verse 4 says this. This is the Apostle Paul beginning to speak to the Philippian church. And he says, I know how to live on most, almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation. Whether it is with a full stomach or empty with plenty or little. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Isn't that something? He talked about the anointing. That's Christ. Christ was not the Lord's last name. It was the identity of the flow of his spirit. Jesus Christ, the anointed one. And he's given us that same anointing in our lives, in our hearts. So the apostle Paul lived by that flow. And he says, no matter what situation I'm in, little, nothing, much, the anointing keeps me balanced. I can do all things through this anointing. Even so, you have done well to share with me my in my present difficulty. As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I brought the good news. 
when I brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. No other church did this. Verse 16, even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me more than once. You helped me more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift from you, the apostle says. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. At the moment, I have all that I need and more. Now he's talking about living in the overflow. And more is overflow, more than enough. I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me with Aphrodite's. They are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. Now he's saying generosity, the generosity that you have given is a sweet savor. And this is a reference back to the Old Testament, to every sacrifice that was given by the people. It became a sweet-smelling savor, and God gave favor to the people based on the sacrifice. But now through Jesus Christ, through the giving of our benevolence and generosity, with the right heart condition, we can give God the same fragrance and please Him. Verse 19, And this same God who takes care of me me, that means a lot. He just told us the Spirit of God has helped him to be balanced, never lose his head when he's blessed or he doesn't have anything. He is solid. What is God supplying to him to make him that way? It's the anointing. And then he says, right now, I have more than enough. Overflow. The anointing enables you to have more. The same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. From the riches that cannot be seen, the riches that most people aren't aware of, how to see it begin to transfer into your life. Today we're going to be talking about that hidden aspect and the principles of kingdom economics and understanding how God works And with that, I really do believe that we're going to help somebody and God's going to help us with his grace. So will you just simply say this with me? Say, God bless this message. God bless this moment. Open my heart and mind in Jesus' name. And if you will, one more time, give them a shout of thanksgiving and praise and tell them thank you ahead of time. You can be seated. At the end of this lesson, please don't take off very quickly. We do things different here now. We take up the offerings and the tithes that God has put on your heart to supply the storehouse. And we'll be doing the first fruits offering. We do a first fruits every first of the year. According to the scripture, it was a full month's income. We're not asking you to give your full month. We're asking you to give what the Lord's put on your heart. And whatever God deals with you, all of this will go towards the building fund. It is earmarked. It's not going, we're not going to, all the pastors aren't going to go out to the boiling pot after this. We're not going to go party and it has nothing to do with it. In fact, will you turn to somebody and tell them there is no money in heaven. 
That makes shock some of you. There's no money in heaven. Now, I know some of you may be thinking, well, there's streets of gold. There's pearl, pearly gates, and there's other, those are spiritual, spiritual connotations for things in the spirit that were there. These are things that are types of in the spirit, in the spirit realm that are much more valuable. When that is translated into our world, those riches become supply and provision. The unseen hand of God is seen when our hearts are aligned with God. And we begin to line up our life by principle. A lot of people don't recognize and see that there is a supply. And I know the kingdom of God is much more bigger than this, but this is what we're going to call the kingdom of God and its economy. Make no doubt about it, we're talking about money today. But we're not talking about the paperback, your credit card. We're talking about the unseen force in which every blessing flows and provision happens. It's a very misunderstood topic because everyone's afraid to talk about this, but it needs to be discussed. It needs to be taught to the church in order for the church to be healthy because money has nothing to do with money. It has everything to do with your heart. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. But number one, I want to share with you this thought. The first thing you must understand is you must know the provider. Number one, you must know the provider. When you have the heart of the provider, you understand that it's not about the money, but it's about, it's about God giving us and making us priority to give us things in our spirit to live a good life. I do not believe it is God's will for us to suffer. I do not believe I came from a denomination myself. I was raised in a denomination where it was according to the belief system that you were supposed to live poor and some cases not get married and be without and live a life of penance. That's not what God's will was. It is God's will for us to have purpose and have wisdom and understanding and the calling and the purpose that God has for you will determine the abundance that you need to get the job done. Everyone has a different purpose. But in the process of God establishing you, it is God's will for your family to be well provided for and taken care of and all your needs met according to his riches and glory. So this would represent the riches and glory. But it's not what you think. It's not what I think. There is no, again, money in heaven. God does not have Apple Pay, Cash App, debit cards, bento cards, whatever you're into. But James chapter 1, verse 13, talks about this. He said, no, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil. Nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own what? 
desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. If I were to give you one example of this in the scripture, it would be Judas Iscariot. Judas Iscariot had a problem with money. He was a thief. Jesus called him a thief. He knew he was a thief. The writer calls him a thief by revelation. They knew it. Jesus knew it. But still allowed him to work. Someone said this one time, God is the only boss that will fire you and let you keep working. (laughs) Because the gifts and the calling are without repentance. Judas was there, and when he saw the abundance that was given by Mary, he was offended. Money will offend you if you have money problems. And if you think, if, if, if you have money problems, then money might be your false god, an idol. No matter what level you're at. Somebody said you don't, money don't matter when you don't have any. That's also true. Whenever you have an abundance, money doesn't matter. But in most cases, it should matter in character. It should never have you. God wants that place. And so it says it becomes sin. So what happened to Judas was he never dealt with it. He never dealt with the issues that he had. And it brought him to death. Sin was in his life. He was a thief. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren, verse 16. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Now, listen to this verbiage. Listen to how he's talking. You won't understand this unless you've read previously in this chapter, he is talking about wisdom. Wisdom. The gifts from above. A good and perfect gift. Money is not a good and perfect gift. What wisdom will do and the love of God will do will be good. And God is the only one that's perfect. So it's something that's spiritual. Of his own, he he brought us forth by the word of truth. That we may be a first, a kind of first fruits in his creation. God's intent was for us to be a type of first fruits unto him. We, just like the Lord Jesus, Jesus was the tithe of God. Jesus redeemed us. How many of you know you are here because the Lord gave his life for you? How many of you know you are redeemed? Raise your hand if you understand you have been redeemed because he paid the price. What does that mean? Redemption means that God saved you from death, from destruction. He bought us back from sin, death, and hell, and the grave. And the price was his only begotten son. So Jesus was a type of first fruits that was given unto God as a sacrifice so the rest of us can be blessed. This is the same principle when it comes to finance. But it also the same principle with our life. 
as you as parents, all the parents and grandparents, to all of you newly new parents and those that want to be parents, did you know that your life given unto God is a type of first fruits that will bless your family? Your children are redeemed by the blood of Jesus, but they are covered by your lifestyle that God will honor. So everything I am talking about has to do with the spiritual sense of understanding what true riches are. Wisdom, faith, knowledge, favor, the love of God, the fear of the Lord. These are the things you cannot see that will translate themselves into your life to help you live a better one. A better life. You can't see the riches of heaven except they flow through you. For example, for example, this is what finances can do. Finances in your life can overtake you, overrun you, and put you in prison. If you don't understand, life isn't about money. But when you have found the secret to make him the source of your supply and your provider, you have no worry about what will happen when you don't have or you do have. You do know one thing. No matter what state you're in, you're going to be content to know that your God will come through and he shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in the kingdom of God. So you don't have to worry about tough times and things that happen and things that occur during our economic system and whatever's going on with, with, with whatever state the government is in. It doesn't matter. You're not part of this government. You may be, be in the government, but you are part of a greater government, the kingdom of God. And you must tie into its economy. You must tie into it. So when you go, this is the means of provision. God provides you with things in your life. So you learn how to connect to the source. This is the vessel. This is what God feels. This is your life. This is your story. This is everything that God is pouring into. Whatever you want God to pour into, you have to pour into it first. And people don't have much. Many times when they first start off, it's not about the much. If that's all you've got, that's all you need. Because when this begins to happen, it's like some of us, we have a hard time giving. I don't want to, Lord. What am I doing right now? I'm spending time in prayer. I'm going to worship. I am coming to God. I need wisdom, understanding. You see, this was Solomon's secret. Solomon's secret was he went to the Lord and asked for understanding, and God filled him with understanding. Okay. What happens to us is... When we come to God, we ask for blessings 
when it's just a blessing to be saved and it is being connected to him that will manifest it. I personally, I never ask God for money. Never. Somebody said you have not because you ask not. Well, you're asking the wrong things and asking them amiss too, that you may consume them upon your own lust. And that's James also. But when you understand, Lord, teach me and fill me with wisdom and understanding and insight that I may have favor in my life and rest upon me. Lord, I need the anointing in my life to begin to know how to flow. Most people don't make the transfer. Most people don't make the transfer. Because they have nothing to fill them. They don't know how to transfer from the kingdom to your personal life. If I were to put a name on this, I would call this God. God should come first. I would call this your home. Your expenses there. I would call this utilities. I'd call this your vehicle, your car. I would call this food. Got to eat. I would call this education. And we'll talk about these in a minute. And this is the order. God should be number one. But most of the time, because of fear, God ends up being last. Or last because of fear. So remember, the principle to understand is whether you know this or not, everything we have in our life. Now, I'm speaking from a Christian perspective. Even when you weren't living for God, God's goodness was given to you, allowed you to be blessed in areas that your heart may turn to him. There's, I'm not talking about those that have given up their soul and prospered through darkness. That's another subject. This subject today is about God's children and you as citizens. And so when you look at your life, we need the number one revelation. Keep, please keep the points up there when I'm talking about them. He is the provider. He is the provider. Him being the provider, you understand every good and perfect gift comes from God. And therefore, no matter what state you're in, God has allowed you to have this. Whether he's given you the right mind, a peace of mind, the right connection, the right favor. See, even wicked kings recognize this. King Cyrus, in the scripture, Isaiah writes about King Cyrus and says he would give him hidden treasures, things that were in secret to be revealed. In other words, he would show him where the wealth was and blessed him and raised him up, all because his purpose was intact. When your purpose, this is your purpose, when your purpose is found, then God can fill it. Cyrus's purpose was to build the kingdom. He was the only heathen king that came in to build the temple again. And he became wealthy in the process because the purpose needed the wealth. The reason why most people don't prosper in their life is because they haven't found true purpose or the purpose that God gave them. I'm not talking about working hard because you're going to reap what you sow. You work hard, have a great attitude. That's wonderful. But God expected things to be easier. But this is what happens. Eventually... That as you become a Christian, the biggest fear most people have is money. And one of the reasons why people don't go to certain churches is because of money. Now, if you know Riverside Church, we don't talk about it all the time. 
as you think it needs to be talked about. We talk about it as a form of worship. It is a form of worship, a giving to God. But when God is in one first, what happens is this. We fill up our first priority, which, should, which is number two. No pun intended. Utilities. Got to have the lights on. A vehicle. Food. And then, if we have enough education. Should have been less, but anyhow. Sometimes we go beyond it and we want to keep up with everybody else and we go, I need a better car so people can like me. All you single guys think that your true love of your life is going to come because you have a nice car. If that's the way you're going to catch the girl, that's the way you have to keep the girl. (laughs) Beware. How you catch them is how you have to keep them. (laughs) But it doesn't require this. Sometimes going out to eat can get out of hand. And by the time we come to a place because we feared not putting God first, God is without, and he just gets a tip, not a tithe. But the economy in God's kingdom says, wait a minute, that's not how it works. Because if this represented your heart and every emotion, then we have no problem with putting this first. Because to us, the greatest value is what we can see. Not what we do see, but what we can't see. So let me show you how it works. When we begin to put things in order, It's because we know how much he cares. Matthew chapter 6. Turn to somebody and tell them, God loves me. I know God loves me. Say, God cares about you. He cares about you. He knows. He knows your needs. He knows every one of your needs right now. He knows what you have need of. Matthew chapter 6, verse 30. Now, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, he will not... Will he not much, not much more clothe you? O you of little faith. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek, speaking to the Jewish nation of Israel. And now, guess what? You and I were Gentiles, are by nature, but spiritually now we are God's chosen by the blood of the lamb, by the redemptive power of God. So we need to think like this now. For your heavenly father, say my heavenly father, knows that I need all these things. Then he gives them the secret, but first, but first, but seek first the kingdom of God. 
and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself and its own things. Sufficient is the day in its own trouble. So what this scripture tells me is that God is telling him to put him first so he can put us first. This tells me that we are God's top priority. He is trying to give us a secret of principle, heavenly principle, to tell us if you will put me first. You know what the funny part is? If this was measured in volume, this is more, a little bit more than 10% of this cup. Actually, maybe like that. God is only asking for 10% to bless the rest. And it's not because he wants your money. You need to tie in to his economy by your heart and let not your heart be robbed and taken away from him. It is about worship. It is not about the money. But God wants you grow out of this and mature as a Christian. It's only because you have learned to let God pour into you. Temperance, wisdom. And as you begin to do this, watch this. As you begin to do this, and let's say you're full all the way. You like the air condition on, right? Put it on high. You like to eat, right? Go out to eat. Right there. And oh, education. Oh, we'll just get Candy Crush. Netflix, YouTube is free. Number six is education, because I do believe you need to further your education and grow in knowledge. We believe in that here. That's why we teach. You grow when you learn. Seeking after God is seeking him in the scripture, and taking of his righteousness is taking of the spirit. That's why next semester we're talking about the righteousness of God and its rewards. But here's what happens in the economy. See, you think, I don't have enough for what's left in my life, and you get discouraged. And someone says in the family, or yourself says to yourself, we'd have enough for this had we not given this. When you first try it. Well, first of all, your heart's not right because you don't understand what God is trying to do. God is trying to teach you something. And by the way, if this represented the church, you're not pouring it into the church. You're, you're pouring it into the kingdom. That's where your mindset gets detached. And if we're not good stewards of what we do here, I don't think we would put you in a position to be blessed. But if your heart was right and our hearts are right and we're doing what God's called us to do, I'm going to tell you, there's an abundance coming. God will provide all of our needs according to your, his riches and glory. But this is what happens in the economy of God's kingdom. Whenever you say to yourself, okay, let's say perhaps, let's just say perhaps you're living life. And I've had this happen so many times where because of this, I ended up with this because you put God in the budget and it took away from another and you're thinking this ain't going to work. How does it work? 
Can I give you my testimony just from this past month? Just from January. Can I give you my testimony? Anybody want to hear it? Maybe you've heard this before, but, but in January, I felt, the, I felt God fixing to bless us. And I thought it would be finance. But I get a phone call from someone, and someone calls me and says, Hey, Pastor Bobby, I have a whole pig. You're going to laugh. <laughs> Ladies, don't freak out. We're going to slaughter a pig, and we want to bless you with the whole pig. Okay, that may not mean nothing to you. But if I invite you over for pork chops, I love you. <laughs> Ham roast, pork chops, breath, breakfast sausage, a whole freezer full. And that took out of what I actually thought I had nothing of. God came in and said, you know what? I'm going to fill you up and you don't have to spend anything and make up the difference. Because now you're tied to my economy. I got another phone call the next, the next, the same week. Someone said, I shot an extra deer. Can I, would you like to have one of them? Absolutely. Guess what happened to my bill for my groceries? And then you figure out, man, this thing works. I think I'll give an offering. And as you keep doing this, God increases you. But here's, the, here's, here's what you have to know. Number two, you have to know your priorities. This is all about priority. Because here's what will happen. If you get the priorities straight and understand the motive of God, Matthew chapter, again, reference Matthew chapter 6. What did it say again? But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You're not pouring into this first for the blessings. You're pouring in there because he puts you first. He put you first so you can put him first. He went to the cross for us and he's trying to help us. He is trying to help us tie into an unseen economy that has nothing to do with the money. But God will provide according to his riches and glory. And let me tell you the value of this. Here's the value. Let's say one of these is a medical expense or you're dealing with something in your life physically. And let's say you started to do this and it's draining your finances. There are some things money can't buy, but there, there's nothing that the kingdom can't heal. And the heart condition has everything to do with it. But you must understand the Lord is your provider. The Lord is your healer. The Lord is your deliverer. The Lord is your refuge. He is everything to you. And as long as you tie in that purpose to it, the provision comes. And God's mercy shows up. So, for example, if this, let's just say this, 
was a medical expense. For example, when the apostles were going, Peter and John were going to the temple at the hour of prayer. They passed by the gate called Beautiful, and there was a man that was lame there. And what he was out there asking for provision, because his purpose was to get healed. What did they say to him? They said, silver and gold have we none. We don't have none of that stuff, but such as we have, we give to you. So what ended up happening, everything he was spending there, God got rid of. Now, you've just had this. Now, this has gone out of the way for the month too. I'm telling you, as you see this thing progress, now your expenses get low. If it was a medical. For some cases, it's food. In some cases, God pays off your car. In some cases, God gives you cars. Oh, don't let me tell you my car stories. I've been given cars. And forgive me, Lord. For, I'm not bloating. I'm just trying to. I've been giving cars away since God gave me cars. Cars are nothing to me. I get them all the time. That's why I give them away. I've been giving away cars for a long time because I learned that when I started doing that, I just have a cycle of them that just come sometimes. I've been giving trucks. I've been giving utility vehicles. I've been giving vans. One time I was at work. The first time God blessed me with a vehicle, my wife needed a car. I started tithing. We couldn't afford to do it. And this guy had this nice minivan at work. Nice minivan. Everyone saw him drive up in it. Young guy, single guy. His mama gave it to him. But when he's pulled up to work, all the guys were laughing at him. No wonder you can't get a girlfriend. <laughs> Driving that, you ain't ever going to get a girl. And he kept telling them, it's paid for, man. I'm not worried about it. But by the end of the day, one day, <laughs> he called his parents up, said, Mom, everybody's making fun of me. I'm going to sell this car. And I'm going to get me, I can afford a payment. Let me get another car. He comes up to me and says, you want to buy my car? I said, all I've got is 150 bucks. He says, no problem, it's yours. He didn't need the money. He needed to get rid of the, the embarrassment that he was feeling from the peer pressure. In that moment, I didn't want to take advantage of him, but I told him the truth. All I had is $150. I can't buy that from you. I said, man, are you sure? Yeah, I called my parents. I called my parents. They're good with it. I don't care. I just want to get rid of it. I, just, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, dude. Because we needed a vehicle. My wife was without a vehicle, and I was able to give her a brand new to me and her van for the babies to travel in at only $150, no car payment. When we started doing this, see, that doesn't make sense to everybody. That stuff's not supposed to happen. They don't teach us in college. Right. Exactly. They don't learn this in school. Exactly. That's why we have to teach it here. It's called Kingdom Economics 101. You pour all this into your education, but then God comes around and gives you a grant. He'll narrow everything down to when you're out of debt and all you have left is utilities. Then, as you steward correctly, 
now you have the food. Because not every month happens like that. But when it does, see, when I was blessed just recently, I was blessed with supply with the supply of protein for about three months for my family. Because I wasn't just going to keep all that and not keep it for myself. I got kids, in-house, out-house. I'm going to share this. I'm going to share the blessing. But that's about three months of food, protein. See, that's not a big deal to some, but to me, huge, huge. And I've never had to ask for a raise or promotion when I worked in the world, in the workplace, Many years, I understand a work, I, I love a, a working man that, that works on a Wednesday night, even on a Sunday sometimes, and they have to come to church, they come in their work clothes. I'm going to tell you, it's well worth it to keep your worship to God, and God will bless it. Because your priorities are straight, and you understand. And your children will remember, Daddy used to go to church in work clothes. Listen, don't, no one here will ever judge you for coming to church in your work clothes. Just don't sit on the seats if you have oil. But God honors the heart. And when you get it right, God sets you right. Then here's what happens later. Now you have room for savings. Now you have room for investments. And out of those investments comes more returns. But most people won't give because they don't have this and they can't save because you're not tied to the right economy. You haven't recognized the economy and your priorities are out of sorts. But remember, it's stewardship because a lot of these issues here, a lot of these issues can be dealt with with discipline. With discipline. A lot of these areas can be dealt with where God gives you something called temperance. Where your food bill must be maybe high, but maybe it's because you're going out to eat a lot, more than you should. But when that God takes it out of the way, that bill can go down. Maybe it's because of time. But watch this. Maybe you don't have the time, and I'm I'm constantly going out to eat, and I'm spending this much. We're spending. The average person may be spending eight hundred to a thousand dollars a month. Family, family, the average family. Some of you are going, oh, my God, not me. Well, maybe you got kingdom economics in you. But for some people with the grocery bill and going out to eat, but let's say I don't have the time, then this is how simple it is. The anointing comes into your life. As you're pouring into God's kingdom, God pours back into you, and God says, hey, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you in here, I'm going to give you some wisdom. So what you're pouring into, I'll give you temperance and wisdom and teach you how to do meal preps. You never heard of a crock pot? I'm going to show up at your door with somebody. They're going to bring you groceries. How many of you have ever had groceries come to your front door? Oh, come on. Somebody's got to know about the grocery thing. God's never sent somebody your way and said, we were thinking about you. God's put you on my heart. I brought groceries for you. 
You want to know why that hasn't happened? Because, first of all, maybe, maybe you're doing well enough in that department, but maybe you just haven't filled this up enough. You got to tie into the economy. Because remember, you're not pouring into the church. You're pouring into the kingdom. You're tied to it now. Here's the last point. Here's the last point. And the last one is you must know the heart of God. You must know the heart of God. Never ask God for money. Seek the heart of God, not the hand of God. Live in the covenant of God, and God will give you the ability to make wealth, build wealth, and steward it. But if you don't prioritize the kingdom of God and put it first and tie the purpose to it, it's going to be hard to prosper in your life in these areas because of greed, fear, or hurt. I get it. There's a lot of churches whose pastors you think have abused the finance. They bought nice cars, nice homes, nice this, nice that, vacations, blah, 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 blah. That's not this church. That is not this church. How do I know, Pastor Bobby? We got board of directors that will tell you this is not this church. We are good stewards of what God does, and this isn't a time for defending ourselves for some weird reason. But the problem with churches are that they have is that they do not steward God's blessings to see the returns. We believe in pouring back into our community, pouring back into people, making a difference, seeing lives change. When this happens... There is an anointing that comes on a church when the heart is right. There is an anointing, and in this house, miracle signs and wonders take place because of the proper stewardship of all things, time, talent, and treasure. But you must go to God with the right heart. You must know the heart of God. The wealthiest man there was was Solomon. Listen to his heart, 1 Kings chapter 3. The wealthiest man there was. When you've got a problem with money, you're going to have a problem with people. You will. But if you will look at people in the scripture that did not have much and gave what they had out of obedience, you'll be like the widow woman who was in a famine who was about to die and make one cake for her and her son, then die. That was her plan. We're going to bake a cake and then we're going to die. But the prophet came and said, make it for me. Because God sent me to you. God didn't send me to you because you made good cakes. God sent me to you because you need a blessing. And he knew you were going to die. So when you started to be obedient, then God began to bless. And sometimes the blessing doesn't come in money. Sometimes it comes with longevity of provision. And sometimes it comes with healing. Sometimes it comes with restoration. Sometimes it comes with wisdom. It comes in different forms because you cannot tie the economy of God to one thing. It's not about the money. And the scripture says that little widow lady, her barrel never ran out of meal and her cruise of oil never ran out of oil. Priorities. But knowing the heart of God, the richest man there ever was was this, Solomon. Then God said to him, because you have asked this thing, and have not asked for long life for yourself, nor have you asked for riches for yourself. 
nor have you asked for life of your, the life of your enemies, but you have asked for yourself understanding to discern justice. I want to get my priority state in my heart right and get my purpose right, God. I want my purpose to be filled. Fill me with understanding, wisdom, and justice. Fill me, dear God. And the scripture says that even when the queen of, when the queen of Sheba came, she saw all the wisdom of Solomon and the other half that she never was told about because of this right here. Twelve. Behold, I have done according to your words. See, I have given you a wise and an understanding heart. That's what I want from God. I just need understanding, Lord. I just want wisdom. That's what James was talking about. God can't tempt a man. God will never give you something that's going to make you fall or stumble. God will give you something that will make you prosper and have awareness and be discerning. Most people just don't know what to do. They don't know how to multiply their income. They don't know how to make wise investments or do the, that comes from God. Some people are actually gifted with this and that's their purpose as kings. Kings were called to build the kingdom for their king and God blesses people financially because they're good at it. That's their purpose. It's like some of you are good at teaching, serving in certain areas. But listen to this. I have given you a wise and understanding heart so that there has not been anyone like you before you, nor shall there be anyone arise after you. And I have also given you what you have not asked for. What you have not asked for, both riches and honor. Your heart's got to be right. You have to know the heart of God and what pleases God. Don't make it about the money. This year, don't make it about the money. Make it about the worship. Make it about the heart. So that there should not be anyone like you among the kings all the days of your life. There's never going to be a king during your lifetime that will be greater than you. So, so it's not over. Watch this now. There's a catch. So if you walk in my ways... Keep my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked. Then I will lengthen your days. And there it is. God doesn't need our money. We need his spirit, his blessing, his wisdom. It is God's will for every single one of us to live a prosperous life, to be in good health and prosper as your soul prospers. But your heart has to be right and you've got to defeat the canker worm, the locust, the caterpillar, and those things that eat your harvest. God will rebuke the devourer when you align yourself with him, and he'll protect you in every way, financially, physically, with time, talent, and treasure. He'll protect you because you're tied to the economy. I'm telling you, throughout the scripture, you can find out. I mean, my God. Forty years the children of Israel walked through the wilderness with only one pair of chanclas. I'm just saying there was no, no target around there. They didn't have much. 
but manna fell from the sky. Water came from a rock. I'm telling you, you don't learn this stuff in school. That's a supernatural beginning to work in your life because you have a God that's no respect of this world, but your God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He formed the heavens and the earth, and he speaks things into existence, and he causes things to go your way. Come on, Haley, here's what I want to share with you. When you know the heart of God, you will begin to see the hand of God. And when you begin to have the freedom by stewardship, wisdom, understanding, and tied to the economy, then you'll have the freedom to make investments, and you're going to get it, and you go like this. This is what you say. My God, this thing works. I'm going to take some investments, put it back into the kingdom, because God's trying to do something in our city. I'm called to my city. I have a very strong conviction. Here's my conviction. People are coming up to me right now and telling me, asking me questions. What are we going to do the building campaign for the building? Let me, let me just, I'm going to say something probably may sound foolish to some. And I'm never saying we're never doing a fundraiser. But I don't believe that's God's will. I believe God's will was for us to simply be obedient, live the life, and that's our fundraiser. Sweetheart, I don't know who you are, but your hand clap, just for you doing that, God's going to bless you, baby. God's going to bless you. You believe that? Come here. Hold your hands out. Close your eyes. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray a favor on her life, and I pray an anointing in her spirit and a wisdom beyond her years. And I'm asking you right now, dear God, in obedience to your spirit, that you would bless her, God, and protect her all the days of her life. And I speak over her, dear God, and say, say to her, let her life flourish. Let her never lack for anything in her life. Nothing. Bless these hands with talents and ability. And bless her with the ability to do business. And be a good steward of it, God, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Will you stand to your feet? You don't think that works? That works. Kings release kingly anointings. I'm telling you right now. God's plan was never for the church to beg, was never for you to go without. It was never for you just to get by. It was for you to be blessed rise up, be an influence, and let's move mountains and move everything that would restrict us out of the way. This new church building is going to be nothing if God's people begin to walk together. But you must tie into the economy of God's kingdom. Wherever you're at in your life, no matter how much debt you have, no matter how far behind you are, you tie in to the king's economy. When they asked Jesus about the taxes they said shall we give it to Caesar he said whose inscription is on the coin Caesar's give unto Caesar that which is Caesar's but give unto God that which is God's what was he saying yes this is what he was saying right now let me tell you in this world yes you must pay taxes but in my economy you must give to me give unto God 
that which is God's and don't let the worldly systems intimidate you from prospering in the kingdom. Set your priorities straight. God wants to bless you. Will you lift up your hands and make this your prayer? We're going to sit down one more time, but right now during this moment, those of you that God has moved on their hearts as they bring the first fruits box here, we're going to let you come right now, give the first fruits. Please don't leave. Then we're going to be seated and we're going to close out the service. Don't bring your tithes right now. Don't bring your offering. Only bring your first fruits that you felt God impressed you to do and do that right now as we begin to worship. For those of you that have already had your heart set and God's already spoken to you, go ahead and do that. Come down and let's do that right now. Let's just worship right now together. Father, in the name of Jesus, and I'm going to hand it to the pastors. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.